Hey everyone, Dave and Jeff, and it's December 21st, 2020. It's Christmas week. Everybody get excited. Everybody, yay! <laughs> you know what I like, Dave? I'll tell you what I like, and I'm hearing a lot of it. I, yeah. I Listen, I'm as guilty as anybody. But if you see somebody right now, and you are, are writing an email, right? Could be business-related. How are you ending that... Uh, that email this week, the last couple of weeks, how you ended it? Uh, apart from your usual fuck off, Dave Fallon. <laughs> um, I always drop a happy holidays. Usually, I, I okay. So here's the deal: if I know what religion they are, I'll always go Merry Christmas first. Nice, good for you. Like yesterday, I was I was around a bunch of people or saw a bunch of people, and I, I must have told fifty people. I went to have a party. I was at a baseball party. Sure. And I said, uh, Merry Christmas to every one of them. I always laugh, by the way, that you funny that you say this. And I'll let you finish what your answer is going to be. Yeah. Is Donald Trump went on a big, hey, when I'm president, you can say <laughs> Merry Christmas again. Well, who the fuck kept you from saying Merry yeah, Christmas? Nobody did. Who, who got knocked out for saying Merry Christmas? Right. Nobody. But I got, it got in my head. It got in my head where you're like, man, I, I don't want to offend anybody, especially this time of year. And even more so. But what I've been seeing is a lot of people writing Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And they're kind of doing a little bit of both. Now, I don't know if people are like, whatever. But to me, I looked at that and I go, hey, that's cool. I like that. So if you get an email and somebody writes to you Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, do you look at that and go, that's cool. They're covering all the bases. Or do you go, hey, save it. (laughs) Well, more than likely, you're going to. The odds are you're going to be correct when you say Merry Christmas. Yeah. And when you drop the Happy Holidays, it, it, to me, I always take it like you're also saying Happy New Year. Right. You know? Happy- not like, you know, let's fuck our Jewish friends. Not no. like You know, and I'm not thinking that. Yeah. I've never, trust me, as uh, as growing up with a mother who's paranoid that everybody is against us as it is, <laughs> my mom's never been that way. You know? Yeah. And my mom's one of those going, ah, they're fucking trying to get us. You know? No. It's never been that way. But No. Yeah, we always grew up the whole time. It was always a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yeah, that's cool. So anyways, for everybody out it's there. It's not a crazy question. Ten years ago, you would have never asked me this question. But in the last five years, you got asked this question. It's a normal question. And I wonder if it's, I don't know, man. It just feels like every year we get a little bit more sensitive. We lose, we lose a little bit more of our guy card and shit that shouldn't bother people just bothers them across all walks of life. And you just go, oh, shut up, you prick. <laughs> but I saw that, and uh, I saw that on a couple emails. I was like, man, that's cool. All right, let me ask you. At work, do they tell you a certain way how to respond? They've or been do you, great, do you automatically have uh, no. an outgoing email message? Uh, you know what? I avoid it. I just I don't even write anything. I just Everything I sign is just best regards. Yeah. That's it. I just, because you get into it, and then all of a sudden, you know, I get the one guy, hey, what the hell do you mean by this? So, no, I don't I do not do anything like that. I just stay out of it. We we have, uh, you and I know a mutual person that signs every email with the best. That's all they write, best. Yeah. 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 Best what? <laughs> best in show? <laughs> best breakfast burrito? Where's that? Yeah. I don't get the people also write, yeah. Messages and leave out all the vowels. That drives me a little nuts. I'm yeah, like, you're too I, lazy to put too much, two more letters. I don't like when uh, I don't like when guys do this on Twitter, where they write things lowercase 
capital lowercase cap what is that just you gotta a, ask woods woods is the guy that's made this i shit avoided using his name because he's the epitome of cry for attention guy <laughs> it's not it's some insult it's what it is it's an insult when somebody does that i just don't know the game I feel, it makes me feel old no it doesn't is there any part of I've you where like i wish sleep. i knew what this was no i, Are I you don't. just like fucking mute this i don't enough of this shit <laughs> Sorry that I moved on from Earl Warren Jr. High. Okay, here's a good question, man. For yeah. you. It, it's one I had like kind of lined up later on in the show, but I, this is not exactly it, but I'll ask you. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good do you think you are at social media? Oh, that's funny. Um, uh, In 2020, probably a 3. Yeah, I, I bounce with you. I'm I'm a five or less easy. Yeah, probably. I don't know all the rules of social media. I mean, there's no. some people who are really good at it. There, there are kids who are really good at it. I think my son's good at it. Steve oh, yeah. Woods is great at it. I think you're better at it than I am, even. But I don't even know. If it feels like I, all the codes, but I feel like I'm on a scale of one to ten. I'm below a five. Uh, the only thing, like Facebook for me right now, is only it's just family stuff, right? Like. Yeah, Instagram and and that is only um, like family stuff because like I had one over the weekend. My sons were talking trash. Yeah, about playing Madden, and I kicked the shit out of both of them. Played them each individual games and beat them each by like twenty four points. So then I had this picture of them just hanging out. And it's like look at these two sad sack of shit because <laughs> they just got rolled playing Madden. But um, I had that, and then yesterday, Dave was crazy. Yesterday was the five-year anniversary of the first final Chargers game at yeah. Qualcomm. Came up on my phone, yeah. What was incredibly ironic about that was in the morning, my sons and I were over in Mission Valley, and we came down uh, Friars Road, and we um, we kind of turned like you were going to go into the stadium and you know how you could take that kind of that back little frontage road if you took a left at the stadium's main gate? You kind of go down by the water tanks down there. And and if you just stayed on that road, you would just kind of drag along the back bus parking lot. Eventually, it would take you right out at McGregor's. Well, my sons and I just parked right there because they were tearing that fucker down yesterday. And on, I got to think about what this is. This would be... um. Gosh, how would this be? The northeast, yeah, northeast section of the stadium, the furthest east circular ramp okay, by the big scoreboard is gone. It's gone. It's out. And if you're looking at the big scoreboard, uh, kind of from the field, that section of seats immediately to the left, the highest level way yeah. up there, those are gone. And so I was just sitting there yesterday because uh, be it the five-year anniversary, it's the picture that I took a Weddle that got on NFL Network, and everybody remembers the emotion after that Dolphins game, and just sitting there going, holy shit, man, five years ago today, sitting in there, emotional as it could be for so many people, and now just very quietly, there's construction crews out here, and they're just tearing it down. It's, it's pretty wild. It is weird. It, it is. It, I think there's a there's a difference when you look at stadiums that have gone down in the past and the team is still in the city. Yeah. You know, like when you know the Dallas oh, yeah, the sure. Dallas Cowboys. Like I'll go on YouTube and watch different places get blown up, whether yeah. it's the Kingdome or the, where the Cowboys used to play. 
And you sit there and go, man, that's kind of sad. There are a shitload of memories. I remember watching games on TV, especially watching the Cowboys. Yeah. But then they moved into something better, and the team's still there. Yeah. Whereas you have teams like the Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah, right. They're gone. You gone. know, You have the, the San Diego Chargers. I understand there's a different history when it comes to wins, but still, there's still a fan base and broken yeah. hearts. And the stadium comes down, and the, the teams aren't in that city anymore. It, it is very strange when we kept hearing that they're going to take qualcomm stadium down one day i always assumed it was going to be one big explosion right we'd all be out there yeah hanging out we'd watch it and uh we'd hug frank and barbara and then <laughs> look i i hate to be the guy to i hate to be the guy to do this but i'm going to say this anyways and i hate to do it to any of you that support this show on patreon any of you that paid 400 bucks for two seats from that shithole, you got fucked. You did. Like, I'm sorry. to. What the fuck are you going to do with those? Dude, they're so uncomfortable. You put up with that shit because you're inside the same watching your team. Yeah. You sit in those in your garage or your living room. You're going, oh, my God, my back and ass are Wait, killing me. It was like 400 for two. And then they shook you down. Like they literally, Dave, just cut off two seats. And you're like, here you go. No brackets or anything. If you want brackets, you had to pay like another two hundred. Right? There's more fucking goofballs. Hey, so man, it was tough. I went down. I got my two seats. Well, now what the fuck are you gonna do exactly. with those? Who wants to sit in those? Yeah, Sky Show's now walking through the door. Okay, Motley Crue and Poison and Def Leppard. We all know the joke. Yeah. What has nine arms and sucks? Def Leppard. None of those fuckers are walking through the door. And in a couple of years, you're going to be sitting there telling your kid or telling your wife, I got to set the alarm for two because it's the only time I can drag these fuckers down to the yeah. recycling and nobody's going to see me throw them in the big bin. The, there wasn't one no. fucking thing. They were auctioning off golf carts from that place. What are you going to do with that shit? <laughs> You and I worked at two places where they had seats. Dave Sniff had them in his office, the old Padre seats, when they were yeah. orange and brown. Yeah. And then when we were at 1090, they had, I think they were Aztec seats or some shit. They were so uncomfortable, no one ever sat Dumbest, in them. Dumbest purchase ever. Yeah. And it then sounds I, like a good idea. It's a horrible idea. And then I saw guys, all, oh, I saw a bunch of guys online. Hey, I won this in, uh, in the auction. So excited. And it says like section 11B. Yeah. Well, what the fuck are you going to do with that, too? Like, where are you going to put yeah. that? I got like, drunk in G2, so this is why I got the sign. This is so great. Look at this. Do you guys see what I got? I got it framed with the ticket stub from all the fucking games where the Chargers kicked me right in the nuts. Isn't that great? You guys want to get a picture with it? You don't? Oh, okay. You change your mind. I was like, God damn. Man. Bunch of fucking sheep to slaughter. You just got hooked. They're all laughing at you. How much did this asshole pay for Section 27A? Dude, I'm... $400. What'd you do with that? You asked me that question, I think, months ago. What, is there one thing from the stadium I'd want? My answer was no. There wasn't anything I'd want. You know, the, the one thing they should give to the Gwynn family is they should take Tony's locker and give it to the Gwynn family. It's fucking cool. You know, that Dave would have been kind of, and who knows what happened with any of that shit. I was kind of thinking if they had kept nameplates yeah. or or things like that. Yeah, now the, you're the talking. The dividers were there. It's not hard to get the nameplate, especially yeah. if you're Tony Gwynn Jr. Because the way it was set up in the Padre Clubhouse, his son had his own locker. Remember? Yeah. So Tony yeah. basically had two lockers if his son wasn't there. But when his son was there, he had his own locker. How cool would it be to get that 
and say, hey, for the family. Well, there you go. It's, it's yours. You and I laugh every week at the goddamn Nick Canepa article. And I'm sorry. You can say whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. Anybody who listens knows for a fact. Tommy Nettles was out of sight and out of mind until I fucking put it in Nick's head 10 days ago. And he's crying about the Breitbart Hall of Fame, yeah. which has about as much credibility as the WWE Hall of Fame. Who the fuck cares about the? I loved Bob Breitbart. What a good man. Nobody is telling their parents, you know what I'm going to do this summer? Ah, I'm going to save all my money and I'm going to drive cross country so I can see the fucking Breitbart Hall of Fame. Is Karch Karai in there? Who the fuck's in there? So Nick's losing his shit in his column. Dude, he is. About to- I go, don't you vote for it? Who the fuck vote? Bill Dickens? Who the fuck votes for this shit? Bill Dickens is dead. Oh, shit. Steve Dolan. And then Nick, how about this fucking dope? When did they announce San Diego State was getting that stadium? Last November, right? Yeah. Last fucking November. Nick waits till yesterday to write on his Christmas list. You know what I would like? I'd like my chair from the press box. Well, you're going to tell us now? Now you're going to fucking tell us when the goddamn place is burning? I know you've been busy writing one column a fucking week. You couldn't have dropped us a fucking email two weeks ago, kiddo? When shit was all there, we could have looked to see if we had it? That fucking thing's upside down in Miramar. What the fuck are we doing here? You're not... What's what's your second wish, Nick? <laughs> How about some peppermint bark? Can we do that from Williams-Sonoma? You fucking maniac. Fucking guy. You want a piece of the grass too, Nick? You want some of that? Should we get you six strips of sod for your front yard? Because that's fucking not going to happen either. I can look at the... Like, what the fuck do I pay for this shit for? This chair sucked too. It's another thing we <laughs> He sucked. wanted that. Did he want a monitor? Holy shit. Dude, I, I just remember in the seats we would sit in. Remember they were like bullshit like uh, dining room chairs. Yeah, what were you going to do with that? Yeah, they were terrible. They probably cost $18 a chair. Yeah. Yeah. His would be the easiest ones to find. They got all the cigarette burns in them. And <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> but the, where I used to sit, you, I always sat on the on the end, second level, yeah. like third level up. Right. Third row up, I should say. And remember, I always had all those wires hanging out. Yes. Like after all those years, they couldn't fucking put it in. You could The plugs didn't work. Nothing. Boy. I was like, did anybody ever go through it all and go, man, this is probably electrical hazard. I, I have to tell you. So uh, I put the pictures up. And the video from, uh, or no, just the pictures from that Dolphin game. Yeah. Bernie Wilson playing the game says, thanks, Bill Wilson. Now, some of you may know <laughs> that Bill name. Bill still alive? That's what got me thinking. Okay. Bill Wilson was the longtime stadium manager, had been a retired police officer from Pasadena, and was the stadium manager, and just a fucking amazing guy. And I often... Sat with him at Padre games or Charger games, and uh, I'd sit with him in his booth at the Holiday Bowl for like five straight years. When Joey Harrington was here, yeah. I think against playing Texas, Major Applewhite, it maybe always, it was always Texas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I said the same thing, Dave. I said, "God damn, is Bill Wilson still alive?" I would encourage anybody, anybody who is a Charger fan, to do the following. This is all I typed in. You type in Bill Wilson. And just type in Bill Wilson emails reader, right? Yeah. I don't know how you and I missed this, 
but this has got to be 10 years ago. The reader did a uh, request, Public Information Act. Really? And got a shitload of emails that went back and forth between the city and the chargers. And it's unbelievable how the charge, I mean, I guess the city owned the stadium, so they were on the hook for it. But it's just this constant email stream of the chargers. Hey, we need this. We need this. We need this. But there are a couple of emails from Jim Steig, who came from the NFL, became COO of the Chargers, writing the bill and goes, I have walked this stadium as we get ready for the first game tomorrow, and they haven't done shit to fix this place. I thought you'd take more pride in this building. Now, I'm going to re-email on Monday, and goddamn, you laugh and laugh. They literally did nothing. Yeah. So I get it. I get the narrative. The Chargers didn't do shit. They didn't put any money into it. It's all true. But you also look at when the city owned it. Yeah. And I'm not pointing the finger at Bill. I don't know who it was. The fucking city didn't do anything either. Jim Steak saying like, hey, there's power burnt out. There's no locks on these doors. There's wires that look like they've been chewed out by rats. All this different shit going on. It is unbelievable. You talk about a rabbit hole that all of a sudden you'll just sit there and read all these that go back and forth between, goddamn, somebody's trying to book a, a soccer match in there sponsored by Tecate, and Ken Derrett has to jump in and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. We have a deal with Anheuser-Busch. Yeah. Like, they have the rights. You can't just start selling contracts to Tecate. It just takes you inside. David's so fun. You'll know all the characters in there. But just read what was going back and forth. All the chairs need to be replaced. And they're like, what happens to all these beat up chairs that are torn up? And they're like, oh, we put those in the security office for the staff. You're like, what? <laughs> but yeah, really, really fun. Okay, so Bill Wilson, is obviously you and I have met him a million times. You just said his history was he was in law enforcement in Pasadena. In Pasadena, yeah. How the hell did he get the job here? I don't remember. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like yeah. a weird jump in careers. Yeah. And he was the best option. Like, you wouldn't go for an architect? Yeah. I don't know if he had done. He may have done some work at the Rose Bowl. So he may okay. have been on the Rose Bowl staff, which I would think. And then came down. Hell of a dude, man. Oh, he was a great guy. But he got into strange. it with Lucino. Yeah. Like, his battles with Lucino were legendary. And I love both guys. They were incredible. Uh, he had no time for Spanos. And he'd tell me every game, we'd sit up there in the corner and he'd say, uh, he'd point out, kind of in that section that I was talking about, I guess it's the um, it's the northeast corner of the stadium, he yeah. would point out, to the left of the big scoreboard if you're facing it. And he'd always point off in that area. He goes, you know what, Jeff? Fuck, man. <laughs> we 25% of those people get up at halftime and take a piss. We're going to have a goddamn flood in here. I wish I could just make an announcement. Everybody be patient. Go one at a time. Nobody'd listen. No way. They go, what the fuck are we? Third grade? Dude, the behavior in, in football games is insane in a men's bathroom, right? Pissing oh in the sink, pissing in the trash can. You can women jumping the line to fucking go to the bathroom. I mean yeah. it, it the what goes on in a men's bathroom in an NFL game is insane. Yeah. Guys wanting to fight. Always. Right? Yeah. Always. Guys wanting to fight over the dumbest. And guys on the football field don't want to fight as much as the guys that, right. that, that show up at the bathroom at halftime. 
Yeah, some guy, I mean, we have Monday Night Football on. Some guy in a Carson Palmer jersey <laughs> just getting ragdolled down that ramp. You're like, uh-oh. I just remember Charger Raiders game, one of my first years with a media credential. Had to be like 94, maybe 95. And uh, holy cow, man, it was it was old school throwing down. Yeah. And I'm in the elevator going down uh, to do interviews, and Bethard gets on. And this is when, you know, John Butler would throw everybody off the elevator. Yeah. Telesco, I don't ever remember being with Tom, but that's not who Tom is. No. Um, and Bethard just was like fired up to see everybody. So we get on the elevator and uh, we're going down and Bobby, whoa, there's some good ones out there yeah, tonight. Did, did you see some of those? He did. <laughs> we're like, yeah. Ooh, those guys were throwing. Yeah. Yeah. No, he did. He he was Bobby was cool, man. Great dude, Bobby yeah, Billy. Right. Bobby would never throw anyone off an elevator. Spanos family, it was automatic. They wouldn't do it, but they had guys that would do it. That would yeah. say, "Get off," you know, yeah. or it's lock the elevator. Spanos lock the elevator. Down. That yeah. would always suck. But Butler was a dick about it. Douche. But you're right, Bethard. Oh, right David, let me tell you something, okay, you little fuck. Well, what, what were you doing at that time? Huh? You running, hustling coffee for hacksaw, changing batteries. <laughs> Dave, let me remind you of something, okay? I was the executive vice president. You're not the executive vice president of your circle jerk group, so. <laughs> yeah, John had no time for it. He didn't. He didn't. Nobody. It's funny when you talk about running the guys on the elevator. Two things I think about with the Chargers. One is Bobby Ross had a memory that was insane. Yeah. Meaning, and I wish I could do what Bobby Ross does. Bobby Ross would meet you one time and it would remember you forever. I will apologize to the fans. Uh, you didn't like Bobby. I loved Bobby. Uh, I did. No, I liked him. He just kind of, I, I had a better appreciation after yeah. he left. That bullshit was so patronizing when he's apologizing to the fans. Save it. Okay. <laughs> well, he racked off like 12 wins in a row after that. Remember that? Dude, he was great. He, uh, he was cool. But I remember I met him one time and then I, met, I saw him a year later in an yeah. elevator. And he said to me, we got into conversation about my parents, about being back from the South. And we got in the elevator. He's like, how are Ruth and Lou doing? Wow. And that blew me away. Yeah. Like, out of all the people this guy fucking knows in his lifetime that he remembered my parents' names, that blew me away. But I remember uh, seeing Leslie O'Neill yeah. at a Padre game. Because you see Chargers all the time during yeah. Padre season. And Leslie O'Neill, who was always a fucking holdout, remember? Yeah. He gets in the elevator, and, and out of my mouth, I just said, hey, what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, yeah. are you supposed to be holding out? And he's like, what the fuck's that supposed to mean? He, he got all <laughs> sensitive. But I was like, dude, you're never here. And yeah. um and I it, but it was it was kind of funny. It was a weird deal. You never really saw the Chargers and Padres hanging out with each other. You would mm. see Tony Gwynn at some Charger games. Yeah. But you never really saw them hanging out with each other. And the organizations didn't cheer for each other. They wanted right. the market. But um yeah, it was it was a different different time. Especially nowadays, you don't see teams that share stadiums anymore. No, I was saying to my kids, I go, the best idea I ever had happened five years too late. And really, what what should have happened in this city if any of us had a brain, and none of us did, Qualcomm Stadium should have been treated like the Big A. Qualcomm Stadium should have been cut down, refurnished as a baseball-only ballpark, right? Take out all those back seats. You could have put money in, pumped a little life into it. And then where Petco Park is, is where the NFL stadium should have been built. They should have built an NFL stadium over a baseball park, and here's why. 
Because if you had put the NFL stadium there, you would have guaranteed yourself the revenue of Super Bowls in a regular rotation. You would have increased the likelihood of a better bowl game. Yeah. And who knows what else events were coming there. Now, we had an absolute blast in 2020 watching Padre baseball, but we had a lot of dead years. Padres are going back on Sunday night baseball for the first time in who knows how long this year. They're going to be on there a few times. That's great. But you would have had, especially the last couple of weeks, as you're talking to friends that are getting crushed on the East Coast by winter storms, you would have had that overhead shot. It would have showed you downtown. It would have showed you Coronado. It would have showed you the water and everything else, right, yeah. that we're, we're so familiar with. And, uh, I mean, you could talk about the, the Buick and how great that is. All right. But people are watching the NFL. And that's what we should have done. That's what the city should have done. You should have, you could have made that the ballpark because shortly after Petco got built, we remember what happened. And that is John went through his personal situation, had to get out. Then we had more ad and we've been digging out ever since. Yeah. I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, one thing that when Jeff says that we have that overhead view of the blimp and everything is that it's San Diego. Number one, yeah. we, we have a great skyline. Our look great during baseball playoffs. I mean, we saw it, it does. But the big thing is, look at this storm that you saw last week in the wow. northeast. Yeah. You know, I mean, Buffalo got like 42 inches of snow. It's unbelievable. I mean, you tell me people who are in the northeast who are on a looking, Sunday afternoon who aren't looking. Yeah. Looking at a, a day like we just had today in San yeah. Diego going, we're fucking going there. Right. We're going to go visit there and throw our money into that city. Yeah. And so you move the Holiday Bowl downtown into that, and maybe the Holiday Bowl ups the ante a little bit, right? Maybe yep. they go up a little bit because now the money's different. It's a beautiful uh, deal. And so here's the other thing, too, right? They say, well, what does that mean for San Diego State? Well, San Diego State could have potentially played downtown, or you could have had a situation where Ultimately, you did build a new ballpark, and we could still have what the Aztecs are doing over there right now. But but what I wish would have happened, and again, I get it, hindsight, you and I were very, very loud proponents of Prop C, so I, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. But I'm just saying, if we had looked big picture and said, really, the the consistent that we can have is we can't guarantee a World Series, but we can be in the Super Bowl rotation every five years and that does pretty well for us. Uh, how do we stay that way? Well, we've got this patch of land downtown. Let's build it. Um, that would have been really, 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 really good for this city. You think Lucino and the Padres would have gone for it? Uh, I mean, that's the thing. Lucino's big thing was always the, the downtown ballpark. Look, where Larry absolutely was brilliant and ran laps around Dean, and Dean never could come to grips with it, is Larry knew how to play the public relations game. Nobody played it better yeah. in this town that I've ever seen, and I mean that from a politician standpoint to a sports standpoint. Nobody had a better connection, understood people in a more genuine manner than Larry did, I in, agree. My, in my opinion. And I, I said it on the air the day Larry left. I'll never forget it because I genuinely felt it uh, on a personal level because of how much you and I liked him, but looking at it on a bigger level... I said, I don't know if this town ever recovers after what happened today. Maybe we're getting there with Pete Seidler coming to town. Pete's pretty special. But but the loss of Larry Lucchino and, and Charles and Glenn and Theo and all those guys that went, uh, 
that that was pretty devastating blow to this city that a lot of people didn't even really understand happened. Isn't it strange that out of all the Spanoses in that family, that Dean's their their best representative? Hey, yeah. I mean, really. I, and I mean, you kind of go, "What the hell?" Right? I mean, thinking of everybody yeah. you've ever met through the Spanos families. Yeah, he's their best representative. Yeah, uh, but. But I I'm like like the bus family has a bunch of jerk offs. Jeannie yeah. is a great representative. Jeannie's amazing. Yes. Yeah. But while Dean may have been incredibly nice to us, it doesn't change the fact what we've said, what I said about him, and I continue to say about him forever. Arrogant and ignorant is no way to go through life. And and Dean Dean's not sure which hat he likes more, the arrogant one or the ignorant one. Dean just absolutely, for a guy that, in again, all in my opinion, Dean desperately wanted to be loved in this town, and holy cow, he couldn't figure out how to do it. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. He could not figure out how to do it. And Dean, I don't... Dean was the little kid sitting behind the girl, and the girl was the city of San Diego, and Dean was trying to get her attention, but instead of doing good things, he just kept pulling her hair. <laughs> well, that's funny. You know, Alex obviously was a dominating personality in that yeah. in that family. I'll, I will say this. I think if Alex was, let's say, in his 60s instead of mm-hmm. where he was, and he was still running the team, you wouldn't even have gotten this far. Alex yeah. would have burned the bridge with San Diego a long, long time ago. I don't know ago. that. I don't know that. Uh, uh, and and I'm, I'm, not yeah. saying, I'm not saying you're a- wrong. Alex was, they say, a ruthless businessman. That his patience level, they say, is, no, it's my way, and that's the way it is. I don't know that they would have given him L.A. I don't know they would have given him L.A., but I don't think he would have stayed here and dealt with the politics in San Diego, for sure. But I think the one thing that Alex would have done that Dean was terrible at is Alex would have got his hands dirty. He would yeah, have been the guy in there. I think Alex would have had this team out of here by 2006, because <laughs> we started in 2004 with Fabiani. No, Fabiani goes back to KFMB. 2002? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. See, I, I don't see Alex but, staying around to 2016. But Alex, at least, but see, here's the other thing that Alex, why I think the Chargers may have ultimately won. Alex was tougher than anything we had at City Hall. Alex Alex could have played. I think Alex could have, again. Who, was, who were the assholes that were trying to always block anything oh, sports related at that time? Dick Ryder. Dick Ryder. Talk about it—an adult film name. Yeah, right. Uh, Bruce Henderson. Yeah, uh, yeah, Bruce. You know, I mean, we still got these guys. Got, Corey, yeah, Corey got, Briggs are still down the, here. We got, we we're got the only Mike city Aguirre. I know has these guys. Fucking Mike Gary. You think Mike Gary would last in Inglewood? No, but we voted him city attorney. That's, that's crazy. We put Bruce Henderson yeah. and Ryder on on city council. These guys cost this fucking city so much money. Yeah. Look, I'm not preaching violence at all. Okay, All I'll say is this. When we had Mayor Butts on from Inglewood. Yeah. And we asked him, how did you get this done so fast when the Rams were coming? Yep. He goes, in Inglewood, things get done or people get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> we both looked at each other and went, holy fuck. Yeah, you're going to get socked right in the fucking eye. Yeah, well, that would be the best thing to happen. You cross Mayor Jimmy B. <laughs> hey, look. People get hurt. In New York City, I guarantee you things get done or people get hurt. Yeah. In this town, people fuck us over and then we vote them in for four more years. <laughs> then we give them a pension. I, I can't fucking believe what we've done to Fifth Avenue. Now, I'm not trying to be Nick, but the other night I, I took my kids out. We're running around, right? And uh, we're swinging up Fifth Avenue. And 
like downtown. I love what they've done for the restaurants, even though we've completely fucked them over. Hey, go ahead and spend twenty five grand to build outdoor patios that we can shut down. I know yeah. you don't have any money. But now, Dave, as you go up fifth, and it's kind of Bankers Hill as you get into uh, towards Balboa Park on your way into Hillcrest, the whole goddamn thing is dug up because they're expanding out the bike lanes. Yeah. It's insane. It's the one thing Nick got right is that nobody in this town's given up their goddamn car. It left, left, shut up. <laughs> But it's dug up all over, yeah. the, and there's potholes everywhere you go. Your goddamn alignment shot. But, hey, you fire up that Schwinn, we're going to clear out nine lanes. Like, drive Encinitas, yeah. the 101, you can't get anywhere because they've just they've made everything for the bike lane. Crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, Dan Williams is one of our closest friends, a yeah. bike rider. I'm not saying I want Dan on the sidewalk or Dan dangerous, but just eliminate that street parking. Yeah, or do we, something. We've had some crazy politicians, man. In the time I've lived here, stuff God that I just damn. can't believe. I can't and Faulkner is going to be your next governor, dude. This fucking guy. All right, if haircut. He's a he's haircut yeah, two point between the both of them. This I can't fucking, wait for the newsome Faulkner debate. Oh my God, this fucking guy is craziest shit. Is he sits there and he's all about potholes, <laughs> and then he yeah. stands on the fence for fucking everything. Doesn't want to do jack shit. Lost so, the NFL. Yeah, so he's the pothole lost NFL guy and loves guys who ride bikes. But then all of a sudden, now that he's not going to be mayor anymore, now he's crazy vocal on social media. Yes. Yeah, all of a sudden, this guy can't shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm guy, like, dude, where you been for eight years, you done, asshole? Hasn't done anything. Guy's the biggest empty suit this city's ever seen. But, I mean, but Newsom's a clown. Holy Newsom's fuck. an absolute clown. But I'm like, holy shit. Our best option after Newsom's Faulkner? That's not the case. God damn it. I'm sorry, Dick Ryder. I want I want Governor Dick Ryder. Dude, tell, tell real quick, tell the story about your brother saying that Faulkner was going to be governor. Uh, yeah, he told him. What the fuck did he I tell I think him? about this all the time. Yeah, he he, he said he, at the he, Chargers. But he got he got close to your, he got close enough to the mayor. At the goals. To say the line was if you get a new stadium and the Chargers stay here, you're going to be governor. Yeah, that's what my brother yeah. told him. We were at the... Um, and he didn't he like give your brother like the wink and the and thumb? And a picture. <laughs> Go wait to take a picture with him. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Dude, it's like... Uh, Dude, we went, if he becomes governor, it's worth it just for that fucking picture your brother has. Yeah, we went to the arena when they relaunched the Gulls. And Faulkner's down there. So my brother gets backstage. My kids want to meet Willie O'Ree and the Gulls girls. And my brother wants to meet Faulkner. I'm like, go ahead. Nobody's talking to that guy. But yeah, my brother tells him, hey, I tell you what, you get this stadium built, you're going to be governor of this state. Oh, I like the way you think. Let's take a picture. <laughs> Fucking dumb and dumber. My brother and I, I swear to God, every time that picture comes up, I send it to my brother, and we goddamn laugh for a half hour. <laughs> my brother's like, fuck, he completely believed me. Because my brother always says he forgets he didn't get the stadium built. There was like a, a you know, part A before part B. But I send that to my mom, to my dad, to my sister. Look at these two solving the yeah. world's problems. <laughs> So funny. 
Yeah, I got to find that picture. I'll put it out on Twitter and ask Faulkner if that's going to be his chief of staff. Jeez, Diddy should be. Fuck. At least he'd get something done. Oh, my God, dude. That that, that makes me laugh. I'm like, this fucking... This, this, and I can think is I can picture it coming right out of your brother's uh, mouth. He did it so quick. He did it so quick. It was great. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, he comes running over. Not quite as quick as he did at Bob's Lucky Ladies in Palm Desert. <laughs> He's like, yeah, look at this. Starts sending it off to me, my sister, my oh mom. My We're like, oh, my God, I can't take you out in public. <laughs> it was great. Faulkner loved him. This buddy. All right, a couple things. Is, uh, the NFL yesterday, I didn't catch any NFL, but on my phone, I get updates wow. on what the Rams are doing. Wow. And all I see is a quote from McVeigh saying, I am embarrassed. And I'm like, holy shit, did they lose? Yep. And then they lose to the Jets. and At home. At home. And you're sitting there and you're going, oh my God. First thing I'm thinking, not the Rams lost. I'm thinking, the Jets just got a win that yeah. will backfire on them for the next 15 years. Yeah. Holy shit. How does this happen? Now, players don't throw games and coaches nope. don't throw games. Because they're all out. Yes. I mean, they have to have a resume they're building. Players yeah. have to have tape. And the coach, Adam Gase, is gone. Done. But holy shit. They just lost Trevor Lawrence, who yeah. we said since everybody saw him on the national stage mm-hmm. when they beat Alabama as a freshman. But we all knew this guy is insane. He's a once-in-a-lifetime guy. And you go, and you just lost Trevor Lawrence to the Jaguars. And that's the way it is set up right now that the Jags will get the first pick. Now, I heard Will Brinson today on Darren's show, and I like Will. He used to be on our show on a regular basis. He described Trevor Lawrence this way. He said, when I look back, at the last 40 years of the NFL, I think about these guys. And he said, John Elway, yep. Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, yep. and Trevor Lawrence. I agree with that That right there. Well, yeah, but I hang on. But now, are you looking? Skips over Aikman. Yeah, but Aikman was, was different. Aikman was a guy that had a transfer out of Oklahoma. Yeah, he had a broken leg, but Aikman... Number one overall pick, yeah, I know, three he, rings. He, he rocket arm, didn't, couldn't run. Uh, you know, Luck could run, Elway could run, Manning couldn't run, but Manning yeah. had that pedigree. And and Aikman, they thought for a long time, was the kind of guy that, as they say in the South, can throw a ball through a barn, but didn't have the touch on it, you know? but. Yeah. But, but Lawrence was a guy that he's fast, he's big, he, you know, he's, he does everything that today's quarterback does. Look, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from Trevor Lawrence. He's been special. But I was just saying, now, again, maybe Will's thinking about number one overall picks, but I'm going, okay, wait a minute. In the Elway time, there are a lot of guys. Brett Favre? Like Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, you can look Kirk Cousins. Yeah, no, but, he's probably not in the but, top. But, but. But, but the hype, you know, the hype. Yeah. No, what? Okay. I, I can get that. I, I get that. But I'm just, I was looking at it and you go, shit, man, there's a lot of guys. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, if you wanted to say Elway, Manning, you you good putting Andrew Luck in there? Luck was pretty yes, great. Absolutely. Injuries got, injuries impacted him. Yeah, absolutely. I am. But. His dad was an NFL quarterback. Yes. Yeah. But now. Am, am I right on this? If if the season ends tonight, Jacksonville gets the number one pick? They do. They have the number <laughs> one pick because of the way the schedule breaks out of strength of schedule. Oh, my God. Yeah. How about that shit? And if you're Trevor Lawrence, you could just go play in Jacksonville, be super mo- – Yeah, guys already in South Carolina, he just moves over to Jacksonville. My son 
But I mean, I don't know anything about Trevor Lawrence, but you got to think marketing wise. Why wouldn't you want to be the number one media market? Well, I don't know. I mean, the Jets are a wreck, right? Yeah, I mean, Jacksonville is one of those forgotten teams. Always have yeah. been. Yeah, where you just go, hey, yeah, what are we going to do here? But all of a sudden, I mean, gosh, Dave, I don't know. If you're the league, you're freaking out too, right? Yeah. So here, here's uh, here's a crazy Trevor Lawrence story, at least uh, okay. that that I heard about. So when Trevor Lawrence was in high school is when I started hearing about him through my son. Because okay. Josh played with a kid that's still at Alabama, number 87, the tight end for Alabama, Forstall. Okay. Forstall was the quarterback for his high school team, won the state championship in Georgia. Okay. His okay. dad's the head coach of the high school team. All right. His dad tells his son, hey, I know you just won the state championship. Next year, you're changing positions. And he goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> he goes, there's an eighth grader coming up that's God better than damn. you. He goes, dad, I just won the fucking state championship in the state eighth of Georgia. Great. And he goes, you're changing positions. Well, the eighth grader was Trevor Lawrence. Wow. And and the dad says, dude, I love you. And your mom yeah. loves you. But that kid's fucking ridiculous. In eighth grade. Did you watch any of their game over the weekend? Yeah, I did. I did. I mean. He, he scares me. Cause if you, right. Because I watched Alabama and I watched Florida. Okay. And Trask is very good. Yeah. Look, Trask doesn't do what Lawrence does, and Trask almost won that game. Yeah, that was pretty and wild so game, too. I'm sitting there still looking at it going, son of a bitch. I go, uh, playing Clemson scares the fuck out of me because Lawrence can do whatever he wants. He is unbelievable. Yeah. And and we could fuck around and, and joke about Notre Dame, the whole thing. They, they've had a really good year. They did have a good year. Yeah. But and the, he, he yeah. beat the shit out of them. He did. Like, he just legit beat the shit out of them. And then, uh, and then, I I have not watched a lot of college football. I watched the end of the Clemson game, and then I watched Alabama. I was kind of dozing in and off. My sons watched it from kickoff to to final gun. I wanted to ask you, and well, while I'm kind of curious because we have Kate in here on Wednesday, right? Yeah. But I'm curious to know because you pay attention to broadcasters. I thought Gary Danielson is as good as anybody I've seen, and that really goes good. right against Romo. Like he he said at the end of the first half. Florida needs to slow the clock down right now. Don't snap it till it gets down to zero and then score yeah. because Alabama is going to get the ball back. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's like less than a minute because Alabama can get the ball back with 20 seconds and then you get the kickoff. If they were to listen to Danielson just on that play, yeah, Alabama doesn't win that game. I really like Brad Nessler and Danielson. Yeah. yeah. I know, I know all the hype is Fowler and Herb Street. And those guys are solid too. Danielson's outstanding. Man, but I like Nestler too. Like though I, I just think the chemistry and remember, Nestler had to go in and replace Vern Lundquist. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh but I, I swear, Dave, I, I had not watched much college football at all. Yeah. Boy, that was so exciting and and I enjoyed the whole debate, right? I mean, should Jimbo and A and M get fuck, I don't I don't have an educated opinion on that. Do you, what do you think about putting Ohio State in with only six games? I yeah, I, I, I saw that too, but but I mean they, they it's were not their fault they played six games. That's but what I was gonna say. Games. They were more a victim of circumstance yeah. than anything. T V wise um, and ratings and finances. You're going to make the most money off of TV commercials by the four you have in there. You couldn't go wrong with Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. My my brother-in-law played college football at Baylor, and he is, like you uh, and a couple other buddies of mine, really about as diehard a college football fan as anybody I know. And he put this thing out. Um, this is what he wrote the other day. This is full credit to my, my brother-in-law, Kerry, 
who does some work at uh, at KUSI. He said the FBS college football playoffs continue to miss the opportunity for a much more exciting 16-game tournament. Agree. If there were 16 teams, as there are in every other division of NCAA football, Dave, these would be your first-round matchups. Kerry Wendt did the math. Number one, Alabama against number 16, BYU. Great. Number two, Clemson against number 15, Iowa. A rematch between number three, Ohio State, and number 14, Northwestern. Number four would be Notre Dame taking on number 13, North Carolina. Texas A&M would take on Coastal Carolina. Number six, Oklahoma against number 11, Indiana. Number seven, Florida against number 10, Iowa State. And number eight, Cincinnati versus number nine, Georgia, which is the matchup for this year's Peach Bowl. Kerry goes on. If the 16-team playoffs started this Saturday and continued next Saturday, we'd have four remaining teams for the semifinals on January 9th with the national championship game the following weekend. College football fans deserve to see this. Couldn't agree more. I've said Isn't the that same fantastic? thing. Well, 16 has always been the number I always, I always push for. People always say eight. Some will say 14 and give the top two teams a bye. Sure. But I always go, why not? We love March Madness. College football, to me, where they miss the mark is usually the first week of December is the championships for the conferences. So this SEC championship of Florida, Alabama, for example, would have been played a week earlier. Then you go three weeks with no football at all for the games that matter. And you take all those big games, you said, and you stick them in the bowl games. Right. So the bowl games, they they count. And then guess what? All of a sudden... The Holiday Bowl matters a little bit more. The Rose Bowl matters a little bit more. They rotate well, around. The, the okay? New Mexico Bowl. All, all of these different games everything that we matters don't pay a little attention more. to. Yeah. You're right. I mean, did you know that the bowl season started today? There were no. games today? Yeah, nobody knows. No. Nobody knows there are games tomorrow. Their game started today. Nobody understands what the fuck just happened. Yeah. But they miss the mark all the time. For three weeks, nothing fucking happens. And then you're paying attention to the NFL now playing on Saturday. And you you aren't understanding that you're letting your audience turn off the TV. Um, couldn't agree with your brother-in-law more. To yeah. me, we love March Madness. You know there's going to be an upset in there somewhere. That's what I was just going to say. And we want to see it. As a sports fan, we want to see it. And so a team like Cincinnati, who, again, did everything they could possibly do, yeah. gets fucked, right? Yeah. Texas A&M, who lost one game this year to the number one team in the country, gets fucked. Yeah. Don't get a chance but, to show what they can do. But you know what this does for future years, Dave, is opens up opportunities for a school like San Diego State. Yeah, exactly right. Because we say that all the time. The Mountain West Conference doesn't have a fucking chance. But now, look ahead, Aztecs coming into the new stadium. You're recruiting, right? And you go, uh, hey, man, our goal has to be we got to get in that 16. Yep. We got to get in that top 16. I I think you look at it, you go, you're, you're building a goddamn brand new stadium. I don't think shooting to be a top 16 program is out, outrageous. No. And now all of a sudden, now you're in. And yeah. now you see, okay, how do you do? But you get you get national attention. Maybe you play an exciting brand of offense, which they haven't done for a while. And now that helps with recruiting too, right? And yeah. you slowly start to build your foundation of championship football teams. Yeah, I thought it was really, really fun. I liked it when I looked. And dude, nobody is going to fight that. No. The networks aren't going to fight it. The fans aren't going to fight it. The sponsors aren't going to fight it. Anybody would say, yeah, I'm in on that. And you go, I don't want to hear any bullshit about, well, I shouldn't have been 17. Hey, fuck you. Okay? We got 16. You didn't make it. Okay? Be better. Yeah, be better. <laughs> Strive to be 15. Stop your crying. But now you go, all right, that that takes care of it. Yeah, and, it does. 
And now it's really exciting, like you said, and all it takes, man, is one or two exciting uh, upsets or close games or whatever. And, man, everybody's buzzing. And you're yeah. counting down. Exactly right. No, and I loved it. It's not going to be uh, where, where every game is going to go as planned. There are going to be upsets in there, which is going to be outstanding. Or, or injuries. Yeah. And here's for the players. People will say, right, what are you going to do putting these kids through this? You guys don't care about the kids. No. For if you, for the people that care about the kids, you wouldn't sit there and say the SEC needs to play 10 games against each other every time anyway. These kids are getting the shit kicked out of them against yeah. NFL players every week. They need those games off to play the UT Chattanoogas once in a while yeah. so they can fucking heal. It's not your kid out there that's getting the dog shit kicked out of them that's not going to go pro. You know, so you don't care about the kids. You care about entertainment and complaining. Sure. That's all you like to do. <laughs> Uh, it, it, so uh, Jalen Hurts um, has wow. gotten a chance to play and played fantastic yesterday against the Cardinals. I thought it was funny. Two Oklahoma quarterbacks yeah. going at it. But great game in Arizona yesterday. The reason I bring up Jalen's name, two reasons. One is when Jeff and I did our 20th anniversary show, he sent stuff in uh, that was twice. auctioned off. Yeah, he was fantastic. He twice is right. Um, but he sent stuff in, which was very cool. So we're, we're cheering for him. Mm -hmm. Him and, and Josh obviously got along very well. But I remember a couple years ago when Jalen was a freshman and we went to the Peach Bowl as a family. We saw yeah. Alabama beat Washington to play in the national championship game. Jalen was only 18. Wow. Well, my younger son was a year younger. Oh, yeah. So all the whole team goes out to a party, you know, and, and basically you have to be over 21. So Jalen and Jake just hung out in the hotel in Atlanta all night. Wow. And it was cool as could be. You know, yeah. the, the – the starting quarterback for Alabama takes my son in to say, well, neither one of us has anything to do. Yeah. And they, they hung out. And so cool it, the guy was, is cool as shit. Just yep. just a guy. And when he was at Alabama with Josh, he told Josh, I have a couple goals. He goes, I want to win the Heisman Trophy. I want to win a national championship. I, I'm never going to play in the NFL. So I'm going to go that? back and be a high school coach. He goes, those are the three things I want to do. And then here he is in the NFL. Gets a chance. Carson Wentz shits the bed. He gets an opportunity yep. and had a crazy game yesterday for the Eagles. So that was pretty cool. It's someone that's kind of tied into the show, rooting for him. Yeah, and if you ever see on eBay a Jalen Hurts football being sent, uh, sold from San Diego, let me know who the fuck it is. Because <laughs> Jalen Hurts sent one here, and shockingly, it never arrived. Yes. Because somebody, I don't know how he sent it, so I'm not pointing the fingers at anybody. Kind of am. But, uh, yeah, fucking thing didn't make it. And we're counting down to August 1st, and it hasn't arrived. And Jalen's playing, and practice is going on. But, goddamn, if Josh didn't call the football office, and they got it done and yeah. sent it out. That that raised a lot of money for us, man. Yeah. I think Amy ended up getting it. Amy was the bidder, I think. Did they she? Got it. She got it for her dad. Yes. Exactly. Oh, man. So, so perfect. Yeah. Really, really great. All right, other thing I was going to bring up is Chris Rose from MLB Network. This is last week. He has two more shows to go. Okay. okay. The one does the show with Kevin Millar. I watched Chris Rose today, and he's on NFL Network tonight, you know, and he's yeah. complaining now he needs to go out and find a new job. and Crying the blues. Crying cry the blues. You know, 3,000 people getting checked in for COVID. Yeah. He has money problems, as he says. He needs to find another job. So I'm watching him, and he has Francona on as a guest, who was hysterical. You know, yeah, we, you and I right. have had Francona on. Oh, yeah. And he has Kershaw, who was actually very funny, too. Dude, the guy is plain as can be. Dude, he didn't laugh at one joke. Chris he, Rose? He sucked. And I'm looking at him the whole time going, dude, I'm glad you're fucking fired. Get out of here. A week ago, I felt bad when he cried on there. 
Not but, me. Dude, today I'm like, dude, you do fucking suck. Yeah. They are going to replace you with somebody. I hope they replace you with somebody that actually acts like they want to be there. Yeah, uh, out the door. Come yeah, on. Get the fuck Scram. <laughs> fuck out. Fuck off. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe Chris Dotsith could be your hype man. <laughs> fuck you. Chris can do that show. Let him in. Hey, you want to hear a cool story and, uh, and you'll yeah. like this because it revolves around Alabama football and uh, a longtime Alabama quarterback. Dave, maybe you've heard of this guy. He played quarterback at Alabama. His name is Joe Namath. You ever heard of him? I have. All right. So I heard this interview, heard the interview back, trying to think of which time Stern was on vacation. I can't remember. He only takes 90 of them a year. But did you hear the interview that Stern did with Joe Namath? I did not. It was so good. How recent was this? God, within the last year. Oh, fuck. I got to go back and hear this. Okay. But they played it back. And and Joe Namath, I've always liked, right? Because yeah. I remember it, at one of the uh, Super Bowls, he came down and he walked through and you were just like, man, there's just a dude with a presence, dude, right? The whole room stopped. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. So Joe was so good with Howard Stern. And I remembered that there was a time when I went to Barnes & Noble because Joe wrote a book within the last couple of years. And I was at Barnes & Noble, and they had signed copies of the book. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. And, of course, I didn't fucking get it, right? Because why would I put out 25 bucks for a book signed by the Hall of Famer? And then uh, on Facebook, there's this group that always shows up, and they were selling signed copies of the book. And again, like a fucking idiot, I'm like, oh, you know, that'd be really great, really great. And I, I didn't do anything to get it. So I hear this interview and I'm like, God damn it. You know what? I got to go find this book. Well, of course, Barnes and Noble yeah. sold out of it and the other guys sold out of it. So Friday night, 1030 at night. Yeah. I'm watching. Uh, I'll give you a great show to watch. But um, in a second. My son and I are watching TV. My son falls asleep, and somebody mentions Alabama football, and it reminds me. And I said, I'm going to do a Google search, right? Because occasionally I have found you can find small independent bookstores yeah. that have signed books, yeah, and they're not charging you $2,000. 10.30 on Friday night, I do a Google search. Joe name a signed book. Shit starts popping up 400, 300, 200. And all of a sudden, Dave, right down in your favorite state, Alabama, I find this bookstore. And I'm going to promote the shit out of this guy tonight. The name of the bookstore is Alabama Booksmith. Okay. I go to this guy's website and he says, all of our books are signed and we only charge the publisher price. Wow. So... 30 bucks that it would cost you over here yeah. at Barnes & Noble is the same price you're paying from Alabama Booksmith. Wow. However, the book that you're buying for 30 bucks, Joe Namath had in his hand and signed it. I go, holy shit. So 11 o'clock Friday night, I entered my credit card information. Yeah. It's like 35 bucks. Okay. Get up the next morning at 8. I look at my email. Hey, Jeff, thanks so much for your order. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up carefully today, and it'll go out today. And at 9 o'clock Saturday morning, I had tracking no from way. Alabama Booksmith. This fucking guy wasn't even 12 hours later. And he goes, hey, here's the other thing. You're a book guy. I'm going to put you on our email list. 
you'll get first crack at any books that I get signed before we even announce them to the general public. Wow. So I know there's so many of you out there that are readers, and we talk about Matt Coyle and, and all the other guys. I just thought, holy shit, if I'm – now, look, I don't – I get it. Maybe he's not getting 900 orders coming in. But when you put an order in, Dave, super late at night, and at 8 o'clock he's already acknowledged, hey, I've got it, and yeah. it was on the way, and the book will be here in like two days. How great's that? Yeah, let me tell you again the name of this place real quick. It's called Alabama Booksmith. You can just look them up. They are in Birmingham, Alabama. But USPS tracking is already on the way, but he's got an unbelievable selection of signed books. And he's not, there are certain books that are limited and they might be a little bit, but you can get it. The guy who was the photographer for um, Obama. Yeah. He's got like a few rare signed books. You know, that's going to be a little bit more, but I would guess 85, 90% of the books our publisher price, and he's just a cool little bookstore in Alabama. Wow. He's got a shitload of hard signed books. So I, I just thought that was really, really cool, cool, and I wanted to let him know. Do you have HBO? Yeah. Now, do you have this new HBO Max? Ah, fuck, I don't know if I do or don't. HBO Max is kind of their new streaming service, right? They are running that show, Dave, called Southland. Okay. Do you remember this show? I don't. This show took place, I would think, like 10 years ago. I know you're going to know this show. Did you watch The O.C.? I didn't watch The O.C. I thought you did. No, I didn't. But you know the kid, the main yeah, kid, I the blonde-haired yeah, kid, right? He is a rookie cop. Okay. And he's, I remember the show now. I know what you're talking about. Regina King's in it. Yeah. Um, uh, C. Thomas Howell's in it. Okay. Plays a complete asshole. Tom Sizemore <laughs> was in the first one. It's all shot on the streets of L.A. Cool. And it's uh, L.A. Cops, and he's kind of the uh, the kid from the O.C., uh, is kind of a rookie cop, and he's just kind of seeing all the shit. It's very, like, there's a lot of similarities between the show The Rookie, yeah. which is currently on, but this one, Southland, was done 10 years ago. So fucking good. And they're streaming it right now on HBO Max. So sorry I'm not Craig Elston. I don't have 95 shows to give you, but... Uh, but uh, Southland on yeah. HBO Max, Alabama Booksmith, the two things I wanted to promote. Okay, real quick, I want to. I looked up Joe Namath's stats as you were talking because I always remember one thing about the NFL back in the day is they always talk about touchdowns interceptions ratio. Joe probably shouldn't be a Hall of Famer, right? And so, <laughs> would he be a Hall of Famer today? No, he would not. Matter of fact, he would have been benched a long time ago. Joe threw 173 touchdowns in his career. Okay. He threw 220 interceptions. How many of those late in his career? Oh, fucking 220, <laughs> all with the Rams. No, I'm, uh, it's 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 crazy, though. I mean, yeah. you, if you look up Terry Bradshaw, I think he, Terry Bradshaw, just off the top of my head, I think has thrown two more touchdowns than interceptions. Wow. There's so but many four guys. Rings. That are, yeah, four rings. He's 4-0 yeah. in Super Bowls. There's so many dog shit stats for so many of these quarterbacks. Everyone's like, oh, man, he was the best ever. And you go, really? But different defense back then, though, Dude, too, right? It, but it, it, yeah, I understand it's more aggressive. But if you look at the old defensive clips, there's like nine guys on the defensive line. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of man-on-man -man coverage. You're like, oh, how the fuck do you not complete more passes? And I love that we didn't even – we never even circled back to it. Where the fuck did you find that video? It wasn't Jerry Shirk. It was like Turkey Jones or who was that guy? The fucking ragdoll Bradshaw. I don't, I don't know. I just typed in on YouTube the clip you were talking about. But you found it. it. Yeah, I did find it. 
It just came up. It was like Terry Bradshaw getting killed against the Browns. And, yeah. and and it was right after you spoke about it. But yeah, he completely fucked him up. Broke his neck. Yeah, he was out. <laughs> he, was he just flung him. He just like spiked him into the ground. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Drew Brees is like, man, that looked, that looked like I hurt. That's bad. I can't speak for Namath, but I'm just saying this. For Bradshaw, because I know a lot of people dismiss it, right? Oh, you got Franco Harris and Rocky Blyer played a part of it, right? Dude, you watch some of those throws he makes to Stallworth and, and Swan. To, to Swan. Goddamn, pretty yeah. amazing, right? Oh, it is. It, it is. It's it's pretty cool to watch. I mean, it was. it's amazing how many of those Steeler guys made it in the Hall of Fame. The craziest thing to me, because I was so young and you were young at the time when they were yeah. playing, is that Bradshaw got a chance to call all his own plays. Now, yeah. anyone who ever hears Bradshaw talk, you think he's a dipshit because he, right. he plays the game. Roger Staubach, who comes off as a really mm-hmm. smart guy, was never allowed to call any of his own plays. Tom Landry called every play. Nuts. And he was like, dude, let me call a fucking my plays. This asshole yeah. over here, this hick's yeah. calling him with his tooth <laughs> yeah. knocked out. And he, they keep beating us. You know, what the fuck? Let me call the plays. But Bradshaw called every one of his plays. What is it about Joe Namath, though, right? Yeah, that's it. Joe had that cool. I mean, when you're at Radio Row, and you're sitting there watching. I mean, you said it on there two months ago. You're there for a week, and there's so many stars coming through. Emmett Smith walks by, overload. and we're like, "See ya, Emmett. hi, Emmett." Yeah, but hi, we didn't even ask him to come on. No, he hey, just Emmett. walked by. We just waved him. Jerry Rice. Oh yeah, well, yeah. come on, Barry Sanders, come on. I mean, we're, we're you don't even get excited, but when Joe Namath walked in to show that you could shut down an entire room, that everybody yeah. just stopped talking and was in awe. Yeah, shows you he's the guy. Brett Favre's probably that guy now. Yeah. But Joe Namath, I remember Montana, going to a Montana. Yeah, we've had Montana on too. Yeah, great guy. And you'd sit there and you'd go, "Man, that guy fucking controlled the whole goddamn room." I, I'm telling you, Dave, I I was so hyped up on uh, on Friday night. I'm like, "Holy fuck!" I That's found cool. what I wanted. That's really cool. Like I found what I wanted, and and they said the book's great. Yeah. I mean, he look he he goes he covers everything. Including Susie Colbert yeah. and how embarrassing that was for him and his family, and as he he continues to try to be better, but Joe's just fucking cool, man. Did Joe get help after that? Oh yeah, he did say that. Oh yeah, big time. Oh yeah, that I was devastating. That, to him. I watched that live, and uh. Uh, and I remember thinking, you and I have talked to a bunch of people right before they've come on. You know when guys aren't. Oh yeah, and I, I kind of blamed Susie for that. Like, like you knew he was fucked up. Like why would you put him on there? Ah uh, yeah, you can't. You can't. <laughs> I mean, right away, I remember saying to to Josh, who was a little kid, I go, he's, he's drunk. Right away, I caught yeah. him. I go, this guy's drunk. And yeah. it, it was so bad, it made you, made you wince. Yeah. We had, we had uh, at Sayo's on Monday Night Football, there were nights when Junior had been having a good time. And, and the thing was, just because we were really close, we just protected him. Yeah. We just protected him and, and didn't lead him anywhere. And I don't ever remember Junior... Junior never said he wanted to kiss you on the mic. True. <laughs> True. And I was single. Uh, but, uh, yeah. But shit, man. I'm uh, Alabama uh, Booksmith is it. So for, yeah. for God damn it. I tell you, this guy's got a ton of cool shit on there, man. And just nice as can be. So go. Did, did, just curious. Did Stern play the clip of him saying it? Like going through the whole thing? Did he bring it? Did he tell the story? Did he actually play no, the clip? No, he talked about it. Yeah. yeah. And Joe's, if you're Joe, you're like, oh, my God, I've heard this clip yeah, a million no, times. It's he, the worst moment of my life. No, Joe was great, and Stern loved him. Yeah. And and he was really humble about it, but it, it hurts him, man. Yeah. He, You know, you don't want that to be yeah. part of Joe's legacy has always been 
I would think, incredibly likable oh, and, yeah. and a big time guy and, and being the dude, right, yeah. for, for Super Bowl three, And having that attached to it, that's not who Joe wanted to be. You know what always cracks me up about Joe is uh, uh, people always told me about this ad that used to exist. It was Johnny Walker. Okay. I like my Johnny Walker. My what do you say? I like my I like my women blonde and my Johnny Walker blue. Johnny Walker red. And so, well, blue was a special label. Oh, okay. And so uh, I was like, "Holy fuck!" I go, "You would never have an ad like that now." No. Like, can you imagine any quarterback doing that? Commercial? Joe was in did a nylons commercial. Yeah, he did. Remember that shit? Yeah. Remember like, that shit? The white shoes. He was the first guy with the white shoes. But uh, but yeah, I just heard it and. I don't know how I just kind of skipped over it the first couple of times I saw it at the bookstore, but you go, yeah. So, and then how about this? I'm not going to mention this company um, because I just, I don't want to do that, but, but I'll tell you where we are in 2020. Yeah. So I was looking for uh, a gift for a friend and I see this thing. It's kind of cool. It's like, and it may show up on your Facebook for other people. That's where I feel like it showed up on mine. And it's like wall art. Dave, where you could take a picture and send it in and they'll take um, the picture and they'll make it into like a cartoon. But it's kind of cool, like a a better version than the caricatures you get at the fair, right? Or at SeaWorld. So I go, well, shit, that's kind of a cool looking thing, right? So I start looking and like the first 50 that they have are all couples. I'm like, well, I don't need a couples one. So then you keep going through and they have a, you know, a guy is a lawyer, guy is a doctor, lumberjack, right? I don't know if they had that. But then they <laughs> but then they have like a mom who's like cooking, right? And a mom doing like really stereotypical shit. And so I just wrote the dude an email. I go, hey, um, kind of a cool product you have, but a friend of mine's a doctor, and I wanted to get one for her as a doctor. I, I didn't see it. Do you have it? Guy goes, yeah, we do custom ones for 125 bucks. So I go, okay, so if I was a doctor, it's 65 But because she's a doctor, it's 125 Fucking guy didn't even answer me. I was like, holy shit. Wow. So I said to my friend, I go, hey, I was going to get you this, but fuck this guy. And she goes, hey, tell that guy. I said, fuck you. And she goes, welcome welcome to what women have dealt with. And, and it's funny. I wasn't buying it for Jill Biden who had that little fucking piece of shit in the Washington Post two weeks ago questioning, you know, the doctor in front of her name. But I was just like, holy cow, you got to be kidding me, man. Yeah. Like in 2020, whether my kid's mom's a lawyer. Yeah. They have a guy lawyer for 69, but if I wanted to do one for my kid's mom, it's 130. Yeah. Holy shit. Holy shit. But I, I just lit him up in an email and I go, all right, well, yeah. fucking douche, but... If you see it, he's the only guy that's wall art for cartoons. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Did you see uh, today? I found it interesting because when we do the podcast, it's a little bit different. We always make this joke in radio, too. You can say almost anything if you put allegedly in front of it to protect yourself. Did you see Newsmax and Fox come out today? <laughs> I did. And all of a sudden, when the, the threat of a lawsuit coming out about yeah. what you're saying is factual, all yeah. right, guess what? And you're bringing in corporations who have a lot of fucking money that are going to make you possibly pay up either in legal fees or pay directly to them. It was it was interesting. I watched the the statements. It was very strange to see that on the news that they, all right, fuck enough. You know, we can't, money's money. Yeah. We aren't going to sit there and 
lose our shirts over taking a stance. Yeah, I I wonder, you know, Trump keeps bringing in that maniac Sidney Powell, and I I wonder, man. Two weeks ago, he said Sidney Powell has nothing to right? do with us. Now all of a sudden, Sidney Powell's in. our best friend. Well, and then you know William Barr, who was his hero, now Barr sucks. Yeah, he has a nickname too. Yeah, but now Barr's out this week, and people are saying, "What are the last four weeks going to be like?" I mean, I don't know. the The Supreme Court shut down to this point has shut down a lot of things. Do you think shit gets crazy over the next four weeks? Oh, she's pretty goddamn nuts. I, I, but you're, you're going to have to have some people. I, I mean, even Giuliani, they said over the weekend, was like, they said people were screaming at each other in the White yeah. House. It, the staff was saying, like, the the couple of reports that I saw were old-time Washington insiders were like, this is getting a little yeah. nutty. Yeah. Um, and they're saying they're screaming, but even Giuliani was like, we're not doing this. Chris Christie, who was, who was very close, was saying, enough. We got to stop this. Yeah. And Chris Christie is one of Trump's closest friends. The most we talk about... Politics, or I'll talk about politics, is right here because I, outside of my own house, I just yeah. don't like to to get into it. But it, what bothers me right now is we have so many Americans who are dying every day. Oh, my goodness. And it right? seems so selfish to go, I'm never going to mention what's happening with what's happening. I'm going to keep tweeting get, about, talk about myself. Yeah. I'm the only thing that matters. It doesn't matter that you're an American and you pay taxes and you live here in this country. I'm going to ignore everything you might be going through. I just, I'm driving down tonight. And I had uh, I had Kogo on, and Crow said, "3,200 new cases today." Yeah, that to me, Dave, and and I I know what I don't know, but here's what I can't figure out: where the fuck are they coming from in San Diego? Everything is shut down. I feel like most places where you go, I mean, I'll go to Seven Eleven and grab a bottle of water, right? But for the most part, you just you you avoid people. Everything's closed down. How, how are people catching it? Like the I, ICU dude, beds are full, right? Got no, I have no idea. I, I told you I've been going to Arizona coaching these baseball tournaments because the only place you can you can coach or and have the kids play. Uh, and we're outside. We always do the yeah. social distancing with the kids. So we, the kids don't shake hands anymore. The ones who are most at risk, obviously, would be the catcher, the the batter, and the, sure. the umpire. But I tell you what, man, I. I've, through all the games I went through, I wasn't the only one. Everybody had a mask on the entire time. Yeah, I mean, it was. Hey, we know it. It's you know, none of us have the have the shot right now, and we're all going to sit there and wear this mask outdoors. Yeah, nonstop, and and so yeah, we're all a little freaked out. I got we got a mask everywhere. You got hand yeah. sanitizer everywhere. Man, I pump gas. Yeah. And you, you get back in, and I I just got a little hand sanitizer. Do you have it right there between the seats, right? Uh-huh. You know, it's funny for years, you know me, for years I've yeah. always had it. You know, yeah. everyone always teased me for being a germ freak. But yeah, man, I've always, always had it. And by the way, yesterday, tell me if this has ever happened to you. This has nothing to do with anything except has this happened in your life. I'm putting gas on my car in Arizona, in Yuma. Okay. And when I go to take the take it out, take the pump out, the whole thing just blows up on me. Whoa. And I was glad I had sunglasses on because it completely, it was like someone threw a bucket oh, of gasoline dude. right in my face. But it was all over my face, all over my clothes, my feet. My feet immediately felt like they're on fire. Ah. But um, I was like, son of a bitch. It was, but that's never happened. Have you ever no. had a gas pump blow up on you like that? Nope. Yeah. Was, Scary as shit, right? Dude, I'm telling you, if I didn't have the glasses on, I would have gone straight in my eyes. But it was, it fucking sucked. It, it yeah. was, it was God dang it, man. It was a good thing. It was like one time in my life I had a suitcase full of clothes to be able to change. Good. But I had a shitload of water bottles to, to wash it all off. But yeah. yeah, it's never happened to me before. 
So weird. No, yeah. I don't know. Uh, one quick football note that we didn't mention. This What happened with Kevin Green today? So Kevin Green passes away at age 58. The family announced it. They won't say cause of death. And, and dude, suicide's scary enough. But for everyone to go, oh, it had to be suicide. Let's relax a second. Right. Let's take a couple days. Let Out the of respect to the family. We saw that yes. with CS Keys yes. and others. Let's let's calm down, okay? It's not important how he passed away. He yeah. passed away at age 58 and he has kids. I just, uh, why that hits home with me is we were just talking over the weekend with my sons about different Super Bowls. Yeah. And I was saying that I went to Super Bowl 30, which was the Steelers with Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd against Troy Aikman and the Cowboys in Phoenix. And it was so fun. It was the first one I had been at. And Kevin Green during Media Week was so funny. Bill Cowher was great. The Cowboys were, I mean, it was really high star power. Yeah. And I was just talking about him. And then I found this thing. Um, I said to my kids, I go, I wonder if I can get those three that I was at on DVD. So I found this thing. It's like the first 30 Super Bowls, and they put it out like 10 years ago. It was like 20 bucks. So we just were talking. I was like, man, it's so fun. Let's watch this game. And then a couple of days go by, and I hear he passed away. And I just saw it. So I didn't know if they had announced that he had an illness or something yeah, like that. But I agree with you, Dave. If it if the family's keeping it private, uh, let them keep it private. Yeah, uh, I'm all for that. I've been unfortunately through it with suicide, but we've also been through it with Jake. Yeah, and with CS Keys when people started, you know, thinking shoot, it was suicide and it wasn't. But they started shooting their mouth yeah. off that it was. And it wasn't, and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. But, yeah. man, I sure enjoyed Kevin Green. I did, he too. Was, I liked him with the Rams. He was great with the Steelers. People, when he coached with coaching? the Packers and Panthers, people loved yeah. him. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that, uh, that that bummed me out. Yeah, me, too. Me, me too. Hey, want to mention Dan Williams. We were teasing Dan about Dan being on that bike. Dan, you know what? He, the guy has complete balance in his life. Not only is he always in great physical shape, but you want to talk about financially. Dan knows exactly what he's doing, not only for himself, but he wants to help you out. He's helped so many of the people in our audience out. It's been really a highlight of 2020 of all the great things Dan has done this year. It's a really simple phone call. If you want to be out of debt, you want to get your finances in order, you want to get out of the rental market and buy a home, Dan Williams is the guy. 858-688-6813. Incredibly excited last week. And it's the little ones, man. It's the little victories that you get in life that kind of get you through. But I was able last week to pay off my car. That's awesome. And when you make that final car payment and your car is still running, uh, it's pretty fun. And I always say... Uh, Dan's book, Borrow Smart, Repay Smart, has been really, really great for me, and it's something I preach to my kids all the time. But the nice thing is you go, okay, well, now I don't have that car payment. Also mentioned, uh, I think I said this a couple of months ago, it got a little wild when we had to start working from home. I had to buy a computer. I was making a car payment, right? You buy a bed, do all these different things. Well, following those uh, rules that I learned, like the computers paid off. It was a twelve hundred dollar computer. My car is paid off, and and now you can start looking ahead to twenty twenty one and hope things get a little better and hope the housing market changes, and then uh, and maybe you get a few benefits and then your financial situation is covered. So 
I would just say for any of you that are looking to get your finances in order, boy, I can't think of a better number to call than 858-688-6813. Absolutely. When you're ready to buy that home, the next call you're going to make, it's going to be Brian Curry. Brian Curry is the best in San Diego. Talking about the real estate market, he's helped out so many people over 20 years as well. Finding that perfect home in the perfect neighborhood, whether it's a school district, a bigger home, a smaller home, or just you're saying that you just want to change. Brian Curry is the guy to talk to. He'll walk you through the process. He'll answer all your questions of what's going to happen in the real estate market in the upcoming year. 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. It's a blast driving around town and just seeing areas Especially if you're like me and you know you're going to be in the housing market because the rental market's insane. And I don't care wherever you go. You can be, we were in Kensington. Yeah. And you drive through Kensington and, and I'm not talking about that, the big you know, nine room house that we see all around town. You can find beautiful places now all up through San Diego County from, from IB National City, Chula Vista, all the way up North County, man, I'm in Carlsbad every day. Carlsbad's insanely cool. But you have to find the house that makes the most sense for you, makes the most sense for your family. And the guy that can help you do that is Brian because, boy, there are a lot of options out there. And it's a little bit like buying a car where people say, well, this is what we want. And you get excited. And you're like, yeah, let's do it. And Brian say, whoa, 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 hang on. We're not going to do that. He's in it for you. He's not in it for himself. And I can't think of anybody better to have on your side as you get ready to make a huge decision. Call Brian. Tell him Dave and Jeff sent you. Absolutely. Tailored made pools. Look, that perfect pool. How great would wow. it be to tell the family this Christmas we're getting a pool. Tailor made pools. 619-449-4452. Alan Taylor does such a great job. We'll make that backyard a staycation kind of place. You name what you want. He can exactly design it the way you want it and show you what it's going to look like through the 3D design virtual tours. Again, 619-449-4452. Not sure if you heard, but everything is being shut down for another month. And I don't know. I mean, it feels like the numbers are not going backwards. They're going up and up. So had you heeded our advice way back in January and you saw what the numbers were doing, you would have been able to say, hey, I can hang here at home in backyard by my pool. I'm going to socially distance from everybody, and I'm going to do my part to get these numbers out of control. But instead, all of you decide to be rambunctious and edgy in your stand-up paddle boards, Yaffe. <laughs> I don't know if Yaffe's been paddle boarding at all. I'm just blaming him. Uh, but no, I drove by the bay, and the bay's packed again. What's everybody doing out there? Uh, Dave mentioned it, man. Why wouldn't you call Alan Taylor and say, hey, Alan, what can you do for my backyard? What is the perfect pool for me? Give Alan and his crew a call. They will find it. Dave mentioned it. The 3D technology gives you a perfect look at how that pool is going to be. Believe me, it'll be the decision of the year. Also, don't forget, right now is a great time to call Kyle Flugrad. Call him right now. Make sure that you get... Uh, return call and get set up on his calendar because he's extremely busy. So many people are trying to figure out a new way to make money. And sometimes they're saying startup businesses are a great idea, especially you see so many people working from home. If you have a website, you're already in business, but it's not bringing you the kind of money that you expect right now. Kyle has great ideas on how to fix your website. 619 500 
619-500-6621. Man, I mentioned it. What Alabama Booksmith did for me Friday night into Saturday morning, and here I am promoting him. And I'm telling you, somebody in this audience is going to buy a book from him, and they're going to buy it just because his website's fantastic, and your website should be the same. If it's not, forget about trying to compete with with the big box stores or right the the major internet retailers. I would just say, are you providing the kind of service that Alabama Booksmith did for Jeff? And if you're not, then you better get Kyle Fluger on the phone to make sure that that's the level you're at because, believe me, it's what I expect and all of your other customers expect. Make sure your website meets the level you need. Absolutely. All right, here we go. We're going uh, today's celebrity birthdays, December 21st. How old are they and how much are they worth? We've got some good names on here. Okay. We're going Samuel L. Jackson. Hmm. Very good in the other guys. Enjoyed that a lot. That's such a good scene. Oh, my God. So funny. 68. 72. Damn. 40 million. $250 yeah. million. Dollars. Yeah. All right. He's that, doing good. He's awesome. Jane Fonda. I'd probably throw her That's one. what his next question was going to be. Would you throw her one? damn right I she would. She looks great. She's an alley cat. I'm telling you, I think you come out of there and you go, whoa. I need another Gatorade. God damn. Yeah. Who's she? Who's that? That goddamn jag off she was married to that Tom Hayden. No way Tom yeah. was bringing any kind of A game. Jane's got a low bar. <laughs> Jane Fonda, this is going to impact me. Is she 80? She's 83. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm getting after it. Let's go. All in. All in, Rose. I know it's your favorite game. I don't care. I'm going after 83. <laughs> just as long as she doesn't start telling me everything going on. Jane, come on. Jane's Tr- been arrested like 200 times. <laughs> yeah, but, but not for anything good, like a bar fight, the no, night I just, owl. I just She's one of those people, it doesn't phase her to be arrested. She's like, yeah, oh, whatever. She doesn't care. It's happened a million times. Uh, Jane's worth uh, 60 million. Dude, 200 million. You're way God off. God damn, I'm way off on the money. I'm just, I'm trying to be conservative at the holidays. All right, this one's going to be a three-part question. It's going to be how old are they, how much they're worth, and how tall are they? Okay. Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. 55. 54. 54. He's going to be, I know I'm going to be much better on this one. I'm going to say Kiefer Sutherland is worth... Fourteen million. One hundred million dollars. How the dude. fuck is he worth a hundred million? <laughs> what is he do? Oh. Twenty four. He probably made some big money as a producer for that. God, I forgot about that one. Okay. How, How tall, tall is he? Uh let's say he's a robust five eleven. Five eight. No way, really? Five eight, yeah. I like Kiefer Sutherland. Remember he was with Julia Roberts? Yeah. Before she went crazy and married Lyle Lovett? How about that? Yeah. How do you recover from that? Dude, how do you recover from that one? Boy, that's like a Nate Robinson knockout punch, that's, huh? <laughs> that's crazy. All right, a couple more for you. Ray Romano. Ray Romano. Everybody loves Raymond. Uh, 62. 63. Oh, I was Were close. you a fan of the show? Yeah. Okay, I did too. I like the show. Doris too. Roberts was so funny, and I love yeah. Peter Boyle. Yeah, it's a shame they're both gone. But yes, you're absolutely right. Here's the, the dumbest Ray Romano thing that I have. Okay. So that shitty furniture they had when um, in their bedroom. Mm-hmm. Dude, I have the same fucking furniture. <laughs> I've had it. Dude, it's the one thing in my marriage we haven't replaced, and I said, I fucking hate this furniture. I hated it when my wife <laughs> bought it, 
And almost 30 years later, I still fucking hate it. I still have it. <laughs> How much is he worth? I better shoot big. I've been way low. Uh, $150 million. You're still missing out. $200 million. This isn't the prices, right? You can go over it once in a while. $200 million. How's it? Fuck. Dude, he's making oh, because he owned that reruns. show, huh? Yeah, he owned the show. All right, here we go. Okay. Chris Everett. Oh, I'd throw her one, too. See, you think you would. You know why you think you would? Because to tennis players, she was hot. But you were comparing to all the ugly ones. There are a bunch of ugly ones out there. Yeah, no, I think she's None fine. None of those tennis players. <sighs> she hooked up with Jimmy Connors and yeah. John Lloyd. A couple remember? of low-ball losers. Do you remember the questions Stutter and John asked Jimmy Connors? No. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. He asked her, Jimmy, what did you do with the bag? And he goes, what bag? The bag he used to put on Chris Everett's head to fuck her. I don't think you have to. And I was like, oh, my God. Remember, he got punched a couple times? Yeah. That was one of those. He go, holy. I mean, you just. No, I think she's. I I think Woods will agree with me. Because you were sorry against Martina and shit. And you're like, oh, she's better than Martina. Martina was built like William Defoe. Dude, Martina. <laughs> <laughs> dude, Martina beat you down. Martina's fucking cool, dude. I didn't Mar- say she wasn't cool. I'm just yeah. saying. He, you would not sleep with Chris Everett. You think you would? Yes. Uh, Chris Everett is now. Oh, I got to think about this. 62. 66. 66. And she's worth 80 million. Oh, you're not even close. This time you did go way over. $16 million. One six? Yes. One six. Well, she and I are going to live a nice life together. We'll, we'll, we'll make that <laughs> money count. All right. Last one of the night. I don't need you to tell me how much you think they're worth, but it's a friend of the show. Bob Chandler. Bob Chandler. I think Bob Chandler is going to be. I think Bob's 79 years old. 83. No kidding. Yeah, Bob is 83. Born the same day as Jane Fonda. Ah, damn. I love Bob Chandler. Yeah, Happy Bob. birthday, Bob. Absolutely. All right, here we go. We have random questions for you. Okay. Last Thursday, it's family movie night for you. I'm always curious. What movie did you see? First time I've ever seen it. The movie Elf. You, first time you saw it, I did never, you like it? I love that movie. I knew you'd it's love great. it. It's that, a great movie. That movie's great. I'm a. I love James Con. Yeah, James Con's fucking great, and uh, we enjoyed that a lot. When he's doing that, you're an angry elf. <laughs> and that's the guy. Well, you guys didn't watch uh, Game of Thrones, but he is a huge character oh, yeah. in Game of Thrones. I know who the okay. guy. Is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that guy. Uh, but no, he was awesome. That's a great movie, dude. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good choice. All right, um, your kids want to try spaghetti now with maple syrup? One no, <laughs> God damn! Oh God, no! It's so funny. Mary Steenburgen much better in oh, yeah, Step Brothers than yeah. she was in that one. Yeah, they didn't give her flans. I love Mary Steenburgen. Yeah, she's awesome. Okay. All right, we talked about social media. Do you talk to your kids about social media and how to use it? Um, no. I mean, they they have Instagram pages. Yeah. That I kind of keep an eye on, but they're they're not really into it. I've noticed some kids are really good at social media. What I mean by that is uh, I was talking to someone yesterday. We're talking about their kid in high school. And I said, your kid's good at social media. He goes, what do you mean? I said, dude, he's always promoting his friends. That's nice. Nothing ever negative. It's always some promotion. It's always, he's always like a hype guy. And go, those guys are always have a million friends and people like those guys. There's nothing ever negative or something to go do. That's a personal attack on somebody. No, uh, you'll hear parents that say their kids are incredibly bright, and that's not me. Uh, my kids were lined up. We're going to get phones for Christmas. They were going to yeah. get phones because they're 13 now and they're out. They go play basketball, and sometimes mom needs to get a hold of them or, or dad needs to get yeah. a hold of them. So 
we had a situation about a week ago where all of a sudden, and they've lost electronics. I mean, they're goddamn electronics. It's, it's like Midnight Express. They're never getting out of jail. <laughs> and so uh, last week, all of a sudden, they're just going to work, thumbing it on a phone. I go, whose goddamn phone is that? Oh, it's uh, Zion. He's a great kid, buddy of theirs. Zion's phone. I go, dude, get that goddamn phone back to Zion. His parents are going to be like, what the hell happened to our data plan, right? Like, because you guys are looking up Steph Curry stats or Monday Night Raw results. Oh, okay, okay. We'll get it right back. So their mom calls me today and goes, hey, no phones. I go, and I'd completely forgot. So I was like, oh, good. What happened? She goes, goddamn, I'm going through and putting stuff away, and I find this phone. And I go, is it red? She goes, yeah. Fuck. I go, what'd they say? She goes, I held it up. And Jack goes, I've never seen that phone before in my life. <laughs> I go, he's 100% full of shit because he's the guy who told me last week it's Zion's phone. Hey, why the hell did you tell your dad it's Zion's phone? Listen, let me explain. She goes, you're done explaining. Done. He just got shut down right there. So, uh... <laughs> So I they'll get phones when they're like nineteen. So I don't need, I don't have to worry about anything with them. Social media, two <laughs> dumbest guys in the fucking world, dumb and dumber. Oh man, you're spending time talking about Qualcomm and memories and stuff. Yes. What's your favorite sports venue you've ever been to? Oh, I like that. I gotta think about that. My all time favorite sports venue. I mean, it's kind of tough, man. You got to do it almost sport by sport, right? Yeah, you got to pick one, and don't go Petco Park. I didn't say Petco Park. I see you your bitch. wheels turning. I see your wheels turning. <laughs> um, God, you know, it was fun to be at. Uh, it was fun to be at Texas Stadium, right? That was kind of fun. That was I'd, cool. I'd have to say, Dave, looking at it. Um, I mean, I'm not a soccer fan. If I was a real soccer fan, being at the Tottenham Spurs Stadium, I was so goddamn drunk. I don't yep. remember anything. Um, it's really settled in for me now. I would say I got to think. I've been to a bunch. Got probably Wrigley. Wrigley's That's pretty cool. That's the one I want to go to. That's the one. Yeah, for Wrigley's me. Wrigley's pretty awesome. When you're sitting there, like so many of them are really nice. Like. A, I love going to games at Dodger Stadium. I really yep. do. Um, Qualcomm means a lot to me. The old Mets Stadium means a lot to me. But when you're going, what are the best from a boxing standpoint? Uh, I used to work, cover the fights in London at a place called York Hall. And yep. God damn, man, we were right on the action. Right. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'll actually take that back. Wrigley is going to be number two. For me, number one's Madison Square Garden. There you go. I was at the Garden back-to-back nights for a Ranger game and a Flyer game. And that to That's me, funny. I saw the Flyers, too. Yeah. that The yeah. Garden, for me, Wrigley's insanely cool. And I appreciate it more. Like, in the moment, there was yeah. a little bit where I was like, ah, this is pretty cool. But I appreciate it more afterwards. But yeah. the Garden was amazing. It was awesome. Yeah. Was that, that's that's what's, really cool. What's for you? For me, it's uh, and it's funny. Glenn Geffner hooked me up with tickets um, two nights in a row at Fenway. Oh, and it was just an incredible experience. The thing is, it is very uncomfortable. 
I mean, there's like if that, right? someone offered you season tickets, like, dude, my ass can't take season <laughs> tickets. And it's built for guys that were five foot yeah. eight, 140 pounds. Keyford Sutherland would love it. <laughs> He'd love but, it. But for a guy my size, man, dude, you're crammed. It's just uncomfortable as hell to be at. But there's some, what the hell's going on? Do you got Johnny Mathis? I know. Did I just get played out on my own show? You did. Hold on one second. Oh, know. that's Donna Summer. It's Donna Summer. Hold on. I don't even know how to turn that off. Or where it's even coming from. That's crazy. She's that's, done. That has never happened to us on the show. <laughs> I have no idea where it's coming from, dude. <laughs> where is it coming from? Uh, fuck if I know. Hold on a second. Let's see if I can fix that. Sorry. <laughs> Damn it. I feel like, uh, who's it when Stern plays somebody off, right? Yeah. All right, hold on. Marianne. Sorry. Yeah, actually, I'm going to stop the show to figure it out. All right, that was strange as can be. All right, so uh, <laughs> let's get out of here before we burn anything down. <laughs> before we burn anything down. All right, so uh, th- that was it. So I'd say Bright Denny Stadium was my favorite place to go. Oh, yeah. The deal was 2020. Remember, the plan was I told you, you and I were going to go to LSU this year and go to Death Valley. God damn. Man. That was the plan was to say we're going to see LSU on a Saturday night, which yeah. everyone says is awesome. All right, before we get out of here, I want to uh, I want to mention Steve Verissimo. Really oh, close friend right. of us. Yeah, love him. Congratulations on your first granddaughter. Now, as, as Jeff has told the story about his boys a bunch of times, um, his kids were born early. So yeah, Nick, his, you. So his granddaughter was born three months early. We're thinking about oh. you, Steve, thinking about your family, and we're, we're, we're cheering and we're rooting like crazy. I, I mentioned it. Uh, I saw this. I saw the picture of his grandson the other day, who just a beautiful little guy who was a micro-preemie. My son Cade was born uh, at three pounds. Jack was two and a half. And Jack, uh, born November 2nd. Uh, Cade came home December 5th. So he was in the NICU for a month. Man, I'm so, so bad. So late. 